Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Dope Black Podcast. Sometimes it is impossible to know where you're headed without knowing where you came from. Understanding your heritage, your roots, and your ancestry is an important part of carving out your future. You're listening to the Dope Black Dads podcast. I'm Marcus Ramtal, and today we're talking about keeping culture alive through food. And what better guest than Akwese Brenya Mensah? Um, welcome. Hi, Marcus. How are you? Very good. Very good. Really excited to. Um, To talk all things about kind of your journey and Tatale as well, your restaurant and kind of culture and and food. Uh, hang on, I've said that wrong, haven't I? Tatale. Tatale. Apologies, I did check. We that practiced. We, we practiced. We did. We practiced as well. But you know, another time where I have to say to the listeners, everything is is straight off the bat, recorded live, no edits. So um, yes, apologies there, Tatale. Excuse me. Uh, so we'll get straight into it. Um, obviously, we've got so much. The CV of our guests is absolutely incredible. So um, Akwesi is a Ghanaian British restaurateur and cultural creator. Um, and he's been described in this bio here as a humble polymath whose professional journey has taken him across the globe through the world of music, with collaborative performances, DJing, events and music management roads, roles with food at the forefront and really excited to hear about your your latest venture in uh, your restaurant. So tell us more. Um, yes, I guess for me, um, food started, my interest in food started in my mum's kitchen, no two ways about it. I'm the eldest of four boys in an immigrant family, so no sisters. So I, I was in the kitchen. Um, and it really kind of began just helping my mum out doing the jobs that she needed, almost kind of being her sous chef, if you will. Um, you know, peeling potatoes, chopping onions, um, washing Brussels sprouts, <laughs> um, being scared when they would bring the live crab, all those kind of things. You know <laughs> I mean, these are kind of like my early memories of food in my mum's kitchen, which was like, like the CEO's office, like my mom's kitchen was the kitchen, but it was also like where telling offs would happen and serious conversations and the occasional slap for sure. Oh not yeah. So occasional. Um, <laughs> so I, that's kind of why 
I think I felt comfortable in kitchens. And then when I moved into like the world of events, um, I would, you know, work very long hours. It'd be, you know, really quite stressful, which is not that too different to now. And generally we didn't tend to have events on a Sunday. So like my kind of like way of like chilling or kind of being peaceful was to like cook on a Sunday. And again, that kind of, that's what happened in the family home. Do you know what I mean? We wouldn't have like what was a traditional Sam family ro uh, Sunday roast, but we would have like a kind of family banquet every single Sunday. And so I guess I just carried that on. And I think as of most things, um, for me professionally, they've tended to kind of start as hobbies or start as something that I found fun or enjoyed doing. And then by doing more of, got better at. And, you know, more often than not, I found ways to, you know, make said hobbies commercially viable. That's incredible. And and so much of what you've, you've said there resonates, you know, food is such a big part of uh, my life growing up. And it was actually my dad who was the, the, the main kind of household chef. Okay. And, and uh, his story is more, he was one of 10, but he was wow. kind of the middle youngest boy. So he spent all his time with his sisters. And it's really interesting. Uh, he was home. like raised by his sisters. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, okay, just teach me how to cook. And even like back then, I remember... Uh, not just like culturally, everybody who I who I grew up with was like, so your dad cooks and like he cooks really well. Um, and dad was always the cook. And likewise, you know, if if something was going to go down, he'd say, come into my office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, more often than not, that, that would end with uh, more than harsh words. <laughs> Most definitely. But um, yeah, food was is such such a big important part of, of our culture i'm i'm mauritian and my mum's from the seychelles uh born here so british but my dad's mauritian uh so all the food that he cooked was was asian food and uh he's i've attempted to learn and and kind of take um what i can from him never quite as good um and I don't cook as often as I should, to be honest. If my wife was listening to this podcast, she'd tell you straight away um, that she she bears the brunt of it. But um, found it quite therapeutic when it, when I used to cook quite regularly before before the kids came along. Um, but I'm interested. You know, you mentioned your journey is kind of the eldest male of, of four boys in the family, and in getting into kind of cooking and. It's it's quite rare, I think, you know, a black male being, you know, in that world of of, of cooking cuisine. How did you find that, um, first of all, for your personal journey, but also in that commercial sense as well? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with, I guess, kind of like the rarity of it. My mum has always, um, like, I guess, kind of been a bit of an outlier. She's always approached things differently. I think most, like, mums of that generation would have just cracked on they wouldn't you know like boys play football and girls cook if that makes sense but my mum has always like approached things differently and you know her whole thing was like you need to be able to cook you need to be independent like when you know you're older and you know you settle down or you know have relationships or have a wife like you're I'm not going to raise you to depend on some you know like you need to be your whole person, but then also, you know, as a woman, she's not going to raise boys that are like 
reliant on you know making like their wives they're like housewives if that makes sense <laughs> yeah so you know cooking was like definitely one way of that but you know across the board you know cleaning chores like everything she did not want to raise four boys that were for their own sakes but also for the sakes of their prospective partners were going to be reliant on a woman having to do things for them um and you know not pulling their weight in you know their future relationships in terms yeah. of um i guess the industry as a whole um i think like we're starting to see more and more um like people you know men and female black african caribbean chefs you know come through and like be afforded um credit for their work and um be showcased and be in more accessible um or mainstream spaces which i think is like really really good i think that i'm i'm grateful that you know our project or concept has been received in the way in which it has been and you know it's been you know overwhelmingly positive there's always improvements there's always things that i'd like to have done better or people have said i liked this i didn't like that etc etc and those things you know you take on the chin i view them as okay like that's something we need to improve like you look at you know every criticism especially in the early days you know you can you can kind of still take it personally without taking it badly but it's it's your baby so when mm. someone says something i guess there's kind of two ways of taking it personally and it's whether you view it as like you know whether you get like angry or like downhearted about it or whether you're like do you know what that's fair enough actually which which is kind of tends to be my approach that that thing could be improved or that dish could be a little better or maybe we do need to relook at things like we're kind of a constant work in progress we've only been open since july as far as like restaurants go we're like not even out of our infancy we've not even been open a year so it's really really great and it's really really great how we've been embraced by both like you know our own community but also people that are kind of unfamiliar with like this type of cooking and this type of food so it's been a it's been you know it's been a, a roller coaster it's been a, an amazing journey we've learned lots and i guess we kind of we just keep pushing and hopefully in somewhere like us existing we provide opportunity for you know chefs that are you know from our backgrounds or not from our backgrounds but anybody that kind of has an interest in our style of cooking mm. you know african ingredients pan african ingredients caribbean ingredients ingredients that speak to blackness um there's there's a place where you know if you like what you do you can come and get involved yeah, I was, I was really uh, curious as well. You know, you mentioned about it kind of being your baby and your, your previous experience in kind of the world of events. And I was thinking it must have been a real conscious decision. Okay, you've worked in events, you know about food, you know about restaurants, but then to choose like the food of your heritage and make that the, the core of, of your idea for the restaurant. And then, um, you know, how that's received by people who are really familiar with it mm -hmm. they're like okay let's check this out but then also people have got no idea whatsoever and just want to try something new what what has been your experience with with that um it's been like super incredible it's funny because like <laughs> when we first opened i would have like a 
almost a spidey sense for if an auntie had walked into the restaurant. (laughs) I wouldn't, I I wouldn't need to look up. Like I could feel the gaze on the side of my head, honestly. You you have basically condensed my question into a much better... That's the thing I'd be really worried about. Like I say, if I try and cook my dad's food, yeah. my wife's like, okay, nice try. <laughs> 100%. So it was it was like those... So how I would kind of approach that would always like to be... To go out and um, like have a conversation. We have an open kitchen. Like it's... I kind of view our space almost as like theatre when you come into it. Like everybody is... Like no matter what stage of like eating, everyone is like taking part in this kind of performance, if that makes sense. And the chefs can see the diners and the diners can see the chefs and the front of house staff are in between, you know, the kitchen and the guests. And we're all in, you know, for that evening, we're all part of this kind of experience. And so I would just go and speak to people. And sometimes the feedback would be good. Sometimes... The, the feedback would be that was good but I would have done this differently or this could be this or this could be that or why have you decided to not include meat in this dish why is there only one meat dish because I only have one meat dish on our menu so you know I think the kind of like new trendy words that they (laughs) the new trendy word that they're using for these kind of um, things is plant forward um, which is, you know, not what I would call us, but I guess technically is probably what we are. Um, and those conversations were fruitful. And when I would explain why we don't have meat or about the fact that I think that we can use less meat um, in our cooking or we can kind of rely less or the fact that I wanted to challenge myself to recreate those kind of dishes that I ate growing up, but in a way where more people can enjoy them because so many people are, you know, like plant-based or, you know, eating diets where they want to consume less meat, et cetera, et cetera. So my kind of goal was about opening up our cuisine to kind of more people. Then, you know, nine out of 10 times, they were like, do you know what? Yeah, we get it. Or we hadn't considered it like that because, and I guess, you know, in their generation or the earlier iterations of, um, African restaurants they were there to serve the community they weren't really there to kind of like bridge gaps you know Caribbeans you know Ghanaians Ethiopians made you know their restaurants for their people to be able to come and eat their food so it was those were places that were made to create things as authentically as possible in a new place whereas I guess the goal of my restaurant is slightly different. The goal of my restaurant is for a new generation um, of, you know, diasporic diners. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. ...that have grown up in this place and like to go to a bottomless brunch and, you know, like to go to, might like to go to like a fine dining restaurant or a more upscale restaurant, but at the same time, enjoy their heritage foods and I guess it was trying to kind of create a space in the middle at a kind of like mid price point where you could get all of those experiences in one place if that makes sense. Yeah totally and you mentioned about kind of uh, diasporate diners and and kind of people trying to come back and find uh, their food. For you um, why why is food important in black culture? Um, I think for me, I think like of the arts and I do very much consider it an art. It's the one that is actually the most important, but the least celebrated or the least, um, championed. I think it's like our like final pillar, if you will, you know, our arts are, you know, out there in a way. Our music is out there in a way. And our food is kind of not really so much. Do you know what I mean? I think if you were kind of to talk about like black food in the UK, certainly, you know, um, I would say kind of Jamaican food is what most people would know and would be able to refer to and would be able to like name you know, people know what rice and peas is. You know, Jamaican culture is, you know, runs through, you know, British society. People know what rice and peas is. People know what jerk chicken is. Um, people know what these dishes are. Whereas if you were to look at um, African food, you know, bearing in mind Africa is a continent of, you know, 50 or so countries and ask people the same questions, I think most people wouldn't probably be able to answer. And if they could, they'd probably be able to describe jollof rice mm. and maybe, I guess, probably injera because, you know, I think that's probably the East African food or food from that mm. area is probably kind of Ethiopian food, if you will, is the next most well-known. Um, and the, the example, so I've gone a very long way of saying this, the example I always give to people is that in black culture, if you were to go to a wedding and the music was terrible, but the food was incredible, that wedding would be a success. But if mm. it was the other way around, that wedding would be deemed a failure, essentially. <laughs> and that's, to me, like, signifies, like, the, 
how important we view food culturally, but I don't think that we champion food with that same level of importance, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I love I love that analogy. You're absolutely right because I've been to many weddings like that, and often just because of my taste in music, the way music doesn't tend to be good, and I kind of make my way, um, you know, into into a wedding kind of thinking, oh, you know, if the music is good, then I'll have a good time, but it probably won't be. Um, and the food is is always like the clincher, yeah. um, and the thing that you think about. And I'm thinking as well about growing up, you know, in the 80s and 90s. Um, in a Britain where, yes, of course there are black people, but I was one of very few in the era I grew up in. Um, there was always an assumption, oh yeah, like you eat jerk chicken. Yeah. And I'd be like, I'm not Jamaican. And people were like, <laughs> yeah, just but- looking at me confused. <laughs> yeah, but you are. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I, so I remember that happening to me so many times as well. And the fact that you said that, it's like, yep, yep, that happens a lot. Um, and as you say, a huge continent, so much to explore. Yeah culturally food wise everything and like i say my my family is from islands off the east coast of africa but my my parents cuisine certainly my dad's cuisine is very indian influenced because of you know the, the makeup of mauritius although it's an african country uh, and people are always shocked when i tell them about the things that my dad cooks and the things i learned to cook um and assume that you know i was taught how to cook jerk chicken rice and peas <laughs> So that's that's an ongoing conversation. You're absolutely right. It's a really young conversation as well. Mm-hmm. People are starting to kind of open up a bit more and, and kind of explore stuff, which is why I say I was really curious. You know, we talked about the the aunties that come in, but people who aren't from, say, the black experience, black culture, who might be like, hey, let me just try this out. How are you finding their experience of the restaurant? Um, I think kind of overwhelmingly good. I've gone for a kind of more modern or contemporary presentation style um, because I wanted us to like generally consider what our food looks like and what our food could look like and we have kind of like the traditional ways of serving things and we've kind of tended to stick to that and I guess I'm kind of part of a new wave of like culinary creatives um, of you know black origin that are essentially saying we love how things have been done and we love eating food in that way. And we want to kind of apply, you know, our kind of slightly more um, complex identities because we're people that are from a place or consider ourselves people that are from a place that have been raised in another place. And we've had kind of different experiences that funnel into our creativity. So the... Um, in terms of like the diners that are unfamiliar, um, we have a kind of very kind of educational service style. Our staff, we kind of go to quite, we go to lengths to kind of make sure that our staff have a full understanding of the dishes and the ingredients and the style of cooking and the style of preparation. And like, I'm very, maybe kind of OTT, but like pushing them to share that information with our guests because I feel like food is a kind of leveler in kind of like two important ways. One, I feel like, well, in my experience, you know, going back to like the Sunday family banquet, those like big conversations and those important round the table conversations or in the kitchen were all had 
in and around food, if that makes sense. So to me, things that kind of might be more difficult or tough or stressful were always presented to me in the surrounding of food, the kitchen or at the table, you know, while eating. So to me, food like has like a level of like peace or like disarming for people. And then the second would be like that moment. And this applies to everybody in most places when you've ordered your food, your food arrives at the table. And you know, that first 10 to 30 seconds where everyone like you're a table of six, let's say, but for that first 10 to 30 seconds, you, you're an individual and it's just you and your plate and you're kind of analyzing it aesthetically and, you know, taking in the smells and then, you know, picking up your cutlery and taking those kind of first few bites. Like in that moment, everyone is in their own zone. No one's talking. Everyone is like here, like, you know, right here, almost like you're in a cubicle. And then, you know, after about 30 seconds, you know, everything resumes. But like that moment, I just think is like really, really, really magical. And it's one of my favorite things to watch from the kitchen. That's amazing. Um, And I love, you know, so much resonating there about kind of, I've spoken on this podcast before with guests and in solo podcasts about um, family dinner, dad cooking dinner, and that always being, and I, I didn't think it was a forced thing. It was just a natural thing that happened. We sat down to dinner and we had a conversation about how the day went. And then sometimes that conversation would be like, you know, this is a problem or this is an issue or this is something we actually need to seriously talk about. But the way that you put it there, that the food was disarming. I was like, okay, yeah, kind of, you know, you, you can relax, you can enjoy that moment. And also I love, my wife and I love going to restaurants and, and trying new food. Um, and I love the experience of a restaurant, but particularly when you're eating cuisine you're not familiar with, it's a lot, a lot better when you can just honestly say to you know, the service staff, listen, tell me more, let me understand this. And I absolutely love that. Yeah, I think it's... It's one of those things where we try and kind of share and impart as much information as possible because, you know, we were kind of designed or at least kind of like conceptually as being a place where a lot of people are going to be coming in kind of two broad categories. Either they're familiar with this cuisine and they're coming to kind of try something new or, you know, try something that is, you know, already familiar to them or, you know, they're complete newbies. And I guess the goal for us is that like everybody learns because how we kind of like talk about the food and describe how we've done what we've done, even if you are familiar, you wouldn't, There, there's a lot of information there that, you know, you wouldn't know it. Even the aunties would be like, oh, I didn't know that about this ingredient. Oh, I didn't know that about that ingredient. Sometimes they're shocked because they're using an, we're using an ingredient that they might not have seen, you know, since they were like back home, for example. So it's like, it's experience and education. Like those two words are kind of, I think really, 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 really key and crucial to kind of what we do and the way that we do it. Oh, I love that. I mean, I'm interested as well. You mentioned about they might see ingredients that they've they've not been able to get from uh, or see since they were back home. How do you find sourcing ingredients for your restaurant here in the UK? It is um, difficult because most kind of like fruit and veg places or suppliers do not store, stock a lot of the ingredients that we need. So it makes it 
a bit long, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but you know, that's that that's just you know part and parcel. That's you know something I have to accept as you know a restaurant that is um, showcasing African foods, foods of Black origin in central London. You know, it it makes it kind of you know more expensive, and you know sometimes we can't get hold of something or you know we're getting something from a shop and then they haven't got it and you know there's been you know lots of ubers and extra expenses as a result but um with being able to do something different um and something that we believe in so you know that's part and parcel amazing and just um incredible to kind of you know doing, doing the research behind kind of your your challenges and where you've been the journey that you, you've had with with the restaurant um before we kind of wrap things up for our listeners where can where can they go to find out more where can they go to sit down and eat uh anything you'd like to share with them um yes for sure so our socials are tatale and co t-a-t-a-l-e a-n-d-c-o um my personal is Aquesi b mensa a-k-w-a-s-i B-M-E-N-S-A. Our restaurant is called Tatale and we are situated in the Africa Centre on 66 Great Suffolk Street, about three minutes walk from Suffolk Station. Um, separately to that, we, I do a host of um, private events, private catering, you know, dinners with, um, you know, I've been able to do some amazing dinners and events with some really, really great partners such as um, the Institute of Contemporary Art, Somerset House, the Soho House Group, so we're kind of you know obviously we have our space but we do a lot of outside things we've also done festivals and you know my background is in music so you know we have a very um curated playlist in the restaurant that adds to you know that experience and that feeling and another really cool thing is like when one of the diners asks you know what we're playing and then you know we always our playlist is on Spotify. It's called Tatale Sound System. Um, and we, we always share it, but it's just really cool because, you know, eating out is about more than just, you know, the eating of food. You know, as you said, what you like about it is the experience. And that's what we kind of try to consider, you know, in the space. You know, you have like five senses and how, you know, in eating you're using smell and taste. But what are we doing to stimulate all of your other space, all of your other senses while you're with us? that's what we like to try and you know consider and execute amazing amazing I'm, I'm about to be three months well away from london for for some other work so when i come back i'll be making a booking and i'll i'll look forward to checking it out myself until then Aquese, thank you so much no problem at all thank you marcus dope black podcast Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. <laughs> 